Hey, 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 it's High Voltage with Double A. I am your host, Double A. Hopefully everyone's taking care of themselves. Hopefully everyone's doing well because obviously, as you can tell, I don't sound too great. Yeah, I'm a little bit sick. I've been sick for uh, the past, you know, a few days. And uh, I, I know it sounds like it. You guys got to deal with it. I'm sorry about that. But uh, I, I just I had to do this episode. There was a lot that happened this week. We're recapping the World Series. We're going to give you a preview of free agency. I'm going to give you some NFL picks. We're not going to do that every single week, but we are going to give it to you this week. Uh, There's a lot of NFL news to give. There's also an NHL trade. Um, And also to cap it off, I just wanted to, you know, give you like a rundown of uh, some surprising things that are going on in the NBA. So there's a lot. Uh, I wanted to get into, and, and and I didn't want this week to just slip on by. For those who are uh, that just didn't wasn't paying attention, it just went over your heads. A lot of people were busy, um, and I just wanted everyone to to feel like, oh yeah, I'm caught up on this now because of uh, of me. Almost as if you're reading a newspaper, right? And sure, you might say, oh, you should be getting better. You shouldn't be talking this much. Well, if I if I ruin my vocal cords over doing this, I'm totally that's I'm, I'm willing to do that because uh, you guys are worth it. This podcast is worth it, and I know how much you guys know how much I love talking. So let's get right into it. But actually, <clears throat> excuse me, before I get into that, I first want to say this on the previous the on the previous episode, the introduction. Which actually, before I even get into that, this is actually the first real episode. So the the there's a, the episode after this you could even consider the second episode if you want to consider the third and this one the second that's fine but this was the first real episode of high voltage with LA it's going to, we're we're going to have a great time together I just know that but anyway what I was about to say is that I forgot to bring up why I'm called Double A and it's kind of like I kind of feel stupid because a lot of people know me that 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 know of me like my friends and my family they, they not even that much my family but those who who do know me they call me double a and, you, and those who don't know me they're like huh why why i mean it is the show it's the show title you know high voltage with double a so why am i called double a uh my name is alexander and my last name starts with a so you have those two initials a a and you could just you could just do two times A and you get double A, right? And the reason why I was called that because I was on a little league team with three Alexes. And, you know, you have uh, an Alexander, an Alex, an Alex, you know. Uh, so he figured, he calls someone Alex and he figures two, two nicknames for the other ones. And the fact that he was going off uh, last names for at least me. Easily, you have that nickname, Dole. It's stuck with me ever since. It's mostly a sports term, high voltage. You could say battery, Dole batteries, uh, Dole MCO. You know, I've been called a lot of different names of that concept. But still, I wanted to put that out there. I forgot to do in the introduction. And in the first episode, I did not want to let that slip by. And now that we have that under our belts, let's get right into... The reason why, even when I'm, even when I'm sick, and you could tell that I'm sick, and then for to me it doesn't matter. I could still talk. At least I could hear myself. You can hear me. The reason why I want to bring this up is because of the World Series. The World season, uh, the postseason is over. The baseball season is over. The World Series is to the Atlanta Braves. Congratulations to them playing a heck of a series. Uh, never giving up. You know, this is a team that was below 500 all the way up into the beginning of august august 6th i think it was and they just they they just 
kept believing, you know, like that was a great team. They just were just so hampered with injuries and a Marcel Ozuna. Um, you got Acuna, Mark, uh, Mike Soroka, Travis Darno was hurt for a period of time. Uh, you, you had, you know, and the outfield was decimated. So they got, uh, so, and one of the, you, you, this might go down in, in history, you know, the trade deadline and having that contribute for the rest of the way after acquiring them. Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, Jack Pearson, Jorge Soler, who won the World Series MVP. But either way, I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm not here to talk about the Braves and the uh, entire MLB season. I might. I might just do that in the fantasy baseball recap, recapping every uh, every player that we should recognize. You know, and might bring up a few team headlines. But either way, let's talk about the postseason. All right, what happened that led to the Atlanta Braves winning? Okay, so obviously they they won their division. So we're not going to talk about them in the first uh, in the first uh, uh, topic here, which is the wild card. The wild card was the Dodgers versus the Cardinals and a classic Yankees versus Boston. So it was predictable that the home team won. Like, that's basically my re- my recap of it. Uh, the Cardinals made a change in manager uh, after they lost to the Dodgers. Uh, the Yankees, they almost did. So I think Aaron Boone, this is his last season. I don't see the Yankees winning. Like, uh, they, they're just so many good teams out there and... You know they they keep trying to win they keep trying to win and just it just doesn't happen. I'm wondering if that's a culture thing, right? I'm wondering if it's just something that's just not in their DNA not yet. So I don't know. I, I like the Yankees are one of the winningest franchises in all sports, right? But they just haven't looked like it since their uh, three consecutive championships in the early 2000s and in late 90s. Like they only won one, I think, right? If I remember correctly, it was mostly dominated by the Red Sox. And that's got to hurt, you know. Ever since 2004, it's got to hurt uh, watching them win and you only won once. So I'm, tell- I'm telling you, man, both teams' uh, futures look bleak. The Cardinals with their new manager. Uh, and also, you know, what's going to happen with Rainwright, with uh, Yannick Malin, they're going to retire soon. Are they really a team that's that's going to compete against the top of the crop? And then the Yankees, right, which we just described. So, I, I mean, on paper, the Yankees look really good, but they just haven't performed that in the playoffs. And you just have to ask yourself, are we kidding ourselves by believing in the Yankees? I think we are. Uh, and then we got the division series, which it's, it, it's just so sad. Like Tampa Bay, the, the White Sox... Um, the Brewers, they just did not come out to play. The Red Sox, Astros, and Braves, they came to play. And I have to admit, you know, Milwaukee, they always fool us. Every single year, they fool us, okay? So I'm not too surprised about them. The pitching came through, the hitting, not so much. Christian Yeldich has to get, he has to get right. Something's wrong with him. Ever since that contract was given to him, something's been wrong with that guy. Uh, the White Sox... Second straight year being uh, ousted basically in the first round. You wanted to say the wild card series, that could be the first round. They weren't in the wild card series, but still, this was their first round of postseason baseball and they were ousted. Um, I'm wondering, you know, is that just because Tony Lusa's first year, right? Like a manager might need some time to, to develop and, and get used to the playoffs and get used to this squad. I'm not sure, but someone needs them, and maybe it's just the fact that they face Houston, right? Like, I mean, Houston, I'm not surprised, went to the World Series. A friend of mine asked me, you know, who you think is going to go and win the World Series. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you can make an argument for each of these teams, you know, like, uh, 
like no one really stands out to me. And I just said, what the heck, they're just Houston, right? So it might just been a little bit bad luck that they faced Oakland last year, then they face Houston this year. But I expect a whole lot more from them, at least a game five or actually winning against the, the Astros, and that didn't happen. So I don't know, man. I, I'm just really, really disappointed by them, disappointed by the Brewers and the Rays. They won the first game. They didn't win anything else since. That's a huge letdown, and I just can't believe it, right? But there's a whole lot of promise for them. Um, Milwaukee, you could say there's some promise, don't get me wrong, with uh, with the with the White Sox. There's definitely some promise. There's a lot of questions involved of uh, their free agent, Carlos Rendon, which we will get into. But then also you have the Rays in which two guys in their rotation, you know, Ryan Yarborough, Michael Walker, had ERAs over five, you know, and they were in the rotation and had the most innings of any pitcher. They should be fine. They should be fine, but again, I always ask myself, are they, with their analytics, good enough to actually win the whole thing? Because analytics are good for so long, right? You can do it for a long period of time, but postseason is divided up in small parts. You know, you got the wild card one game, division series best of five, um, the championship series, world series best of seven. That's small, small, that's small sample sizes for them. So I'm just like, I don't, I don't think so. I, I really, really just don't think so um that you just gotta have some stars you gotta get some guys like the yankees do but you need a good play of analytics and they mostly are just full of free agent players the race is just mostly analytical players and i know they trade for nelson cruz but still not a lot so i'm really i'm really down the rays um and then again you know braves astros red Sox. we will talk about them in the championship series but we did not even get into the my favorite series, Giants Dodgers, and it lived up to the hype. It really did. Went to Game Five. It was close throughout, um, and I absolutely loved every bit of it. Right, Dave Roberts uh, did a good job here. Uh, Gabe Happer, first sign of the playoffs. I feel like he did good too. Um, but I'm telling you, man, it just it was just one team was better than the, than the other, and that's the, the Giants. Unfortunately, just I think it's story tell uh, story. The, the, the story tell you know storybook season came to an end and I don't think it's gonna happen uh Buster Posey's retiring you know uh he had a great career he's all famer um but now you're dealing with guys who are now a year older and probably have the uh, best remaining season in them that they that they uh that they left out on the field in 2021 I don't think they're going to do that again so the pitcher was really good and they got a lot of free agents that's the problem right they got Gosman is going to be a free agent. Um, McGee, I think he's going to be. Jessica uh, Fafani, Alex Wood's going to be. They got to sign a lot of guys. They might have a lot of room to sign these guys, uh, money-wise. But I'm not sure they're going to replicate that kind of season. So they might still be in it, depending on what they do in the offseason. But I'm telling you, man, it's, I'm not sure. I don't think so. And then Dodgers are always going to be right there in the thick phase with their with their money and with their farm system and that's the thing giants don't have a great farm system so that was again a great series if you want to ch- check that out i don't even mind re-watching it you know like uh, every base runner seemed like mattered because it was going to be a one-run game and and it was you know sure some pissed that night and it was it was serious and they knew that uh we had to win this game right here right now and they did and getting them to the championship series which was uh the next thing we're about to talk about uh, the offense and clutch, clutchness, were the name of the game. So with the Dodgers and Braves series, Braves were just more clutch, right? 
game one, game two in Atlanta, which factored a lot because they won the division. The Giants, uh, the Giants won their division, so the Dodgers didn't. Um, they came, but uh, they they won the ninth inning. That's huge. Um, you also have you also have um, game three, which actually I went to in uh, in Los Angeles. The Dodgers were clutch in that uh, bottom of the eighth inning. Cody Bellinger came through. Um, Mookie Betts, uh, Chris Taylor, I think it was, came through. Um, or maybe it was Will Smith. But either, but either way, came through, shut the down the ninth inning. But then the Braves just kept piling it on, you know, against Walker Buehler, game four. Um, and it was just three, three to one. You're like, I can't believe, I can't believe that the Braves might, uh, might do it to the Dodgers again, even though the Dodgers came uh, came back from three one, same series in twenty twenty. You still can't believe that the Braves were up three three to one, and they closed them out game six, which was uh was also pretty clutch of uh, what Ian Anderson, I think it was um in the hands of uh yeah Max Fried struggled a little bit in that in that series and also a little bit in the World Series, but still the Braves were very clutch, great moves. By Snicker, um, which he also did in the World Series, but still, um, like just like the Dodgers, they they had all they could handle, right? Maybe um, playing the fifth game, playing the wild card game, caught up to them. Uh, maybe they underestimated the Braves, very much reasonable. And the Braves just they just wanted to just stay alive, you know. They were not like the Dodgers were like, oh yeah, we're big, we're powerful, you know. Uh, I really did feel like the Braves had an oomph, had an it factor. And the Dodgers just had that factor last year, but not this season because they had it under their belts now. And they had a lot of money. They know that they're going to go back to the postseason next season. The Braves are not so sure. You know, like their window is now. The Dodgers' window, they capitalize already. So I really do think that that really played a role. And it's, and it's odd to bring up all that because at the end of the day, it's intangible but at the same time, it means something, and that's something you can, that each player feels in their heart. You're ta- I'm talking about Ozzy Albies. I'm talking about Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley, Travis Darno, guys who have been there last season, and guys who were there a while. You know, like like Freeman, um, and also you got to have also guys like D'Angelo uh, Swanson, an Atlanta at heart guy, um, born and raised there. Will Smith got signed there. Um, trying to trying to think, uh, Ian Anderson has been in their system. Charlie Moran just got signed there. Max Reed has has been in their in their system. So yeah, it means and they knew for the city of Atlanta that's gone through so much heartbreak. It means a lot to them, and they just continue their magical run um, out through the World Series. But we'll get to that. I'm getting I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, the offense was the name of the game for the Astro series because I the lowest the, the team that scored the lowest amount of runs it was at least four runs for either team in each game. That happened, and it's it was just so funny, you know. Just you had like five four, you had like nine two, you know. It was like the nine four, excuse me. Just unbelievable how many runs were being scored in that series. A whole lot of runs, and it's unfortunate the Red Sox just stopped hitting. I think they lost the last three games in that series. Maybe lost the last two. I forget it was two one or two two, but still, at the end of the day, Houston was just the better team. I'm not surprised about that. I'm actually surprised the Red Sox got as far as they did. Because going into the season, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know about their pitching. I don't know about their bullpen. They didn't win their uh, division, but they were second, right? They hosted the wild card game against New York. And I was very surprised about that. I thought the Yankees or the Blue Jays were going to be second. The fact that they were better than both 
just surprised me. So heck of a season by Alex Correa and the Red Sox. Um, just proving all doubters wrong, and they're going to be back there. Definitely, I think they're going to. I think they're going to be around the division series somewhere along those lines. Next season, you'll see uh, they still got some good talents. All about you know again free agency looms large, um, and then the Astros have a lot of question marks in free agency. But we'll we will get into that uh, after I'm done talking about the World Series. So speaking of that, the World Series, I'll tell you man, it was great. It was it was a great great series. Uh, I, I I stuck around to see. I think every except one, maybe I saw a little bit of, of the one I watched the least. Uh, but they just finished their magical run, Atlanta, and I really just loved it. You know, I had Houston winning that series. Like, like I said, I had them winning the World Series, and I'm like, Atlanta, just I just can't believe what I'm seeing. You know, they're in the World Series, they beat the Dodgers, beat the Brewers, two teams that were supposed to beat them. Um, because uh, sure, the Braves had home field in the championship series. Milwaukee had home field in the division series. And I know pitching ruled the day in the division series and clutch ruled the day in the championship series. But the Braves here were just, it was a matter of who dealt with their bullpen better. And that was the Braves, right? The Braves pitched better uh, because game one, you know, bullpen, uh, well, I know the starting pitching did. Uh, didn't do them any favors, Houston. But still, like, I, I really do think that uh, Atlanta just, just did everything a little bit better than than Houston did and the little things matter the little things matter and then you could also say this they did it for Charlie Morton you know Charlie Morton went out there broken leg uh struck out struck out a guy and I just I really think they rallied around him um because he hasn't won a World Series he was close with uh with Tampa oh actually excuse me he did win with the 2017 Astros he was the guy that got the last out but other than that, you know, winning for him because of what he put himself out there, he put himself out there through injury, and you just have to. And also, they did it for Acuna, they did it for Soroka. Um, I'm not sure how they feel about Marcelo Zuna, but they could have still done it for him too. He was there last season. He was a great hitter for their for their team last postseason. But they also they could have done it for Snicker, uh, Snicker, and they could have done it for their bench coach. You know, like I heard that they have a lot of respect for that guy. So again. Like I said, uh, I'm, I'm really happy for this Braves team. I really am. And the city deserves it. Um, the, the front office deserves it. The GM, his first championship, Alex Althupupos. I can't even say the last thing. I'm also Greek. Um, also, maybe it's because I'm sick and I don't even feel like pronouncing names right. But anyway, at the end of the day, just bullpen moves were, were the name of, uh, of whoever was going to do it, but was going to win. Um... Uh, you also had, you know, just the Bra the Braves just came to play. Houston's been there before. Maybe Houston underestimated them. Houston's like, uh, I thought Houston might have. Their motivation could have been, oh yeah, Correa's going to be a free agent. This is the last time we're going to. Uh, Gurriel's also going to be a free agent. Um, we got to do it before the core breaks up. The BAM get, uh, is done, but it didn't it didn't you know? And also you have the injuries, right? Um, McCullers not there. Granky did start for them, but he wasn't. His typical cranky, Justin Verlander, been out for the season, right? Uh, Luis Josia, unfortunately, was just not himself. Uquiti uh, was good, right? But Valdez was just not himself. And then, you know, the bullpen was decent, but not great. So uh, I really do feel bad for Dusty Baker. He still has not 
won a championship. He's been to two World Series. He's 0 for 2, with the other one being the 2002 Giants with uh, Barry Bonds losing to Troy Glaus and uh, the Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles of Anaheim Angels. And uh, I'm just like, I do, like if I'm I'm one Houston to win. I'm happy that they didn't. But I would have said it's for Dusty, and, because he's one of the best managers to to ever to be in the game. And uh, hopefully he still he can win one soon. I really hope that he can. Um, but yeah, so that's the World Series. That's the postseason. Uh, that's uh, my take on it. And on on that we go to free uh, agency, at least the preview of it. And I know that the CBA uh, could cause a strike between either the owners or the players or both. Uh, and I know it looms large, but this is still one of the biggest free agency classes in recent memory and maybe of all time. So I just wanted to run down uh, a lot of names that you should be aware of because I really do think that if you're someone who doesn't really want to watch a lot of basketball or football, and you, you like negotiating, you like drama, you like rumors. Hearing and following MLB Free Agency is the place for you. And if you know a little bit about baseball, you're going to hear a lot of these names. You're going you're gonna to feel like you know some of these guys, and they're big-time players. right? These are guys who some would even be considered as stars, superstars, decent, or I, just, I would just say great. Majority of them are great players. So they, they, they're going to either change teams, they're going to stay the same, or... Or you're going to hear like uh, uh, just a lot of like, okay, I need this amount of money, you know, or the, you're going to, there's a, there's a whole lot too when it comes to free agency. And also you're going to hear a lot with agents, threatening, you know, you're going to hear a lot of drama. And I know people love drama. So let's get right into it. So the most notable hitters, and I'm not going to say these guys in any particular order, but the guys I will say first are guys who are most likely going to get paid the highest. So I will, I, I will definitely preface that. Uh, Marcus Simeon. Starling Marte, Freddie Freeman, Trevor Story, J.D. Martinez, Nick Cassianos, both Corey Seager and Kyle Seager. Uh, uh, Kyle's not going to get a whole lot of money, but still, I had to, I had to mention Corey first. So he definitely is going to get a lot of money. Chris Bryant, Carl's career definitely made himself a whole lot of money. Um, and he, he has always been known as a postseason hitter. He continued that this past postseason. Javier Baez, Charlie Blackman, Nelson Cruz, Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo. Eddie Rosario, also Jorge Soler, both of them made a whole lot of money uh, going from a bad situation in the AL Central, going to the Braves and performing as well as they did in the playoffs. They definitely had earned themselves a lot of money because it's not, it's not that we remember what they did over the entire season. It's what you did in route to winning a championship, and they definitely were part of that, especially Soler winning uh, the World Series MVP and Eddie Rosario winning the NLCS MVP. Uh, Mark Hanna, Chris Taylor, Tommy Pham, which actually reminds me, uh, Bob Melvin is the new manager of, uh, of the Padres going from Oakland to San Diego. Definitely an upgrade over Tingler. Just a little bit confused about, you know, the Oakland exercised their option on Melvin, and he was still able to interview with them, still able to be signed by them. I was just a little bit confused about that. Maybe I'm missing something. But still, I forgot to mention that. He is the new manager of the San Diego Padres of uh, time fans could be a uh, former team. And then you also have Warner Escobar, Yuri Gurriel, Michael Conforto. Hopefully he puts it together. He still has a whole lot of untapped potential. He just needs to stay healthy. Brandon Belt, 
And now with the pitchers, you have uh, Max Scherzer, Robbie Ray, Carlos Rendon, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, Kelly Jansen, all elite guys right there. Like, you could put a great staff and then closer when it comes to those guys. Like, that's just, I know Verlander didn't pitch the entire season, and Clayton Kershaw was, was a bit hurt. Uh, but still, that is an absolute elite group of guys right there. And I cannot wait to see how much they sign for and who they sign for. Like, again, uh, I would definitely say that the teams that need these kind of guys or great, great guy is teams that are in playoff drafts right now or vastly disappointing. Like uh, Los Angeles, the uh, the Angels, uh, the Mariners, the Phillies, you know, teams that need to make a big splash. And th- those are a few guys right there that teams, those kinds of teams need to be looking at and say, you know, say like, if we have money, we got to go spend it on those guys because they don't come about this often. Like, I'm kind of surprised with all the hitters I just said and the pitchers that I'm about to say. Like, it's such a coincidence how it's either the drafts that align with each other of how these players are all available at the same time or you have guys like Nelson Cruz where, you know, just a, a bunch of one year to your conscious and now they're up around this time. Just a whole bunch of talent available at this time. It's a little bit surprising to me. But, of course, everything happens for a reason. So we continue on here. Uh, uh, Kevin Gosman, Marcus Strawman, Craig Kimball, Anthony Desfani, uh, uh, Vasiel Inglesias, uh, Mark Melanson, Alex Wood, John Gray. Um, then you get Noah Syndergaard, Zach Granke, Kasaiki, uh Corey Kluber, Taviano from the Red Sox, Joe Kelly. Bunch of good names, great guys if they're healthy on that list. So you got a bunch of bunch bunch of hitters bunch of pitchers and a lot of money is going to be doled out but again it's all a matter of is the cba in the way of that so i definitely will say again if you're looking for something to follow and you like drama and you and you like transactions you like negotiating you like hearing you know oh he's bound for this team no 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 he's going to be going to this team or uh, watch out for this sleeper team Free agency of MLB is the place for you this offseason. Keep your ears and eyes attached to it because I know for a fact that you're going to love it. There's, there's just, what is there not to like, right? So, again, a lot of great talent in there, a lot of great drama going to be there, and you're going to be kicking yourself if you miss out on it. So, with that being said, let's get into the next topic transition into because, again, we got a lot of things to get into in this uh, this beautiful episode and that is the nfl picks so i'm going i'm not going to do this every single week but you know why not right might as well just get into a little bit about what i think about each team and the situation itself uh hopefully i'm not going to take too long because like i said we have a lot to get into so we have houston versus miami now if tyra taylor plays in this game i'm thinking that I might actually go the other way. Um, right now, the way that it is, I'm not sure if Tyrod's going to play. Miami, of course, is the safer pick. They're favored by five and a half points. I mean, that's my pick. But if Tyrod plays, I actually wouldn't mind, first of all, taking the points for for Houston. I actually wouldn't mind even going with Houston if uh, if you can make more money that way. And again, I'm not a betting guy. I said that in the introduction. Um, but I will definitely say this. I like Tyrod, and I like what he did in the first two games. You don't know, you know, could they have actually beat Cleveland if uh, if he stayed healthy, you know, because he was knocked out in the second game. So, I don't know. Maybe I have too much faith in Tyrod Taylor. And you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. That's definitely true, too. 
But at the same time, Miami's lost so many games. I mean, the same. I think both of them are riding the same uh, losing streak. Like they both won in Week One and have lost since, which is very surprising for Miami. But still, they're favored by five and a half points. I'm favor. I'm thinking Miami, but again, Tyrod Taylor throws a wrench in those things, so definitely take that into account. Patriots are favored by three and a half points in Carolina. I'm actually going with Carolina with this one. Now, you could call me stupid. You call me, you know, Sam Darnold, which I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Sam, uh, Sam Darnold. But the fact that Christian McCaffrey is bound to come back, he might rejuvenate um, that locker room. He might, uh, you know, rejuvenate the bench and, you know, get the uh, crowd back into it because they got to really start winning games. If they are really serious about getting to the playoffs and with the actual wild card, they really need to get things going. And I think he, his presence could do that. Uh, he's healthy, and I think he should stay healthy, could do that. Um, it's the first game back, and the Patriots, you know, coming off a great win against the Chargers. I mean, they're carrying some momentum, but but still, it's a, it's, a, it's a road game for them. It's a home game for Carolina. I think they're still a fair team. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they win by you know a point or two. I really I really don't. So uh, call me crazy, but I'm going with uh, going with Carolina in that one. Buffalo, Jacksonville. I mean, just two opposite stories here. You know, Buffalo, uh, a great team, great franchise. Um, I mean, they're favored by fourteen and a half points. I mean, come on. You know, Josh Allen and the boys going to take care of business. They always do. I know they struggle a little bit against Miami, but then, you know, second half, they, they just basically blew the doors open, uh, everything came together in that second half, and they always find a way, you know, it just seems like this could be their season with the Chiefs uh, struggling a little bit, they might not even have to face them in the playoffs, but with Jacksonville, you know, just one win, uh, they really crum- uh, 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 crumbled against Seattle, uh, Geno Smith in Seattle, I know, they're, I know they're the home team, but still, I want to even take the points here. I, I just I can't trust Overmind. I can't trust Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence right now. Just too, just too young, too inexperienced. Both of them, uh, and the team, you know, still they were rebuilding mode. So don't I'm not don't overthink it. I'll go with Buffalo, no question. Uh, and then you also have uh, uh, Minnesota against uh, Baltimore, to which don't get me wrong, I'm a little bit skeptical with Baltimore in terms of like how far they go in the playoffs, but they're a great regular season team. Absolutely a great, great team. Uh, they, they might have a great winning percentage in the last two, three years in the regular season thanks to Lamar uh, and their defense. I'm not a big Kirk Cousins guy. Ravens are at home. They're favored by six. I'll take Baltimore. Like, and, and they also, I mean, they lost to the Cowboys at home versus Cowboys, uh, the backup quarterback, Cooper Rush. So the fact that they're on the road, Baltimore coming off a bye. Don't even overthink this one either. It's Baltimore. Uh, New Orleans versus Atlanta. Uh, so I heard that Trevor Simeon is starting this one. He looked good against Tampa. Uh, the fact that uh, Sean Payne is going with him over Taysom, and Taysom Hill should be back and healthy. Favored by six points. I'm not a big guy uh, when it comes to liking the Falcons. I would definitely roll with the Saints. They have a better defense, better running game. Just just. Who do you know? And I know Kamara, and I know Mark Gagram. Uh Michael Thomas, unfortunately, Alpha the Young. I'm going to mention that again in a little bit. But uh, like I said, maybe they rally around Winston's injury, and uh, they get they 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 just seal it. Maybe maybe you should take the points for uh, Atlanta, but still, uh, I'm just worried about who's winning this game, and that's going to be New Orleans, even though it's on they're on the road. Uh, the Raiders uh, in. New Jersey taking on the Giants. 
they've they've looked well and they have the bye with their new coach um you know they beat denver they beat philadelphia i i uh, they were favored by three i'll definitely that's that's pretty low i'll take them i'll take uh, i'll take uh neg- i'll take the negative three uh the giants you know barkley's not gonna play this week i don't think uh you also have uh you know shepherds doubtful just a whole lot of injuries they need that bye week they're they're not gonna get into next week so i'll definitely think that uh um, Las Vegas is going to take advantage and they're going to win this one rather easily uh, they did well against Kansas City but it's more so an indictment of Kansas City more than anything so you you definitely see that uh, they take care of business the Raiders do uh, a few more games here Cincinnati against Cleveland Cincinnati faded by two and a half very disappointing loss uh, against the Jets I really think they bounce back uh, the Browns are reeling a little bit dealing with uh, Odell, which I will get into later. Um, and also, it's a, it's a home game for Cincinnati. So, they, they it's two and a half. I know it's, it's a little bit of a tricky number there. Uh, you might say, oh, you know, the Browns are over Divas, you know, this, this, and that. But I trust that uh, the offense will carry them. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a type one. So, maybe you think about the points. If it goes up to three or three and a half, or if you, if you really... Uh, you really don't like Cincinnati, uh, but I I think who's going to win the game? Cincinnati, and I, I'm not really thinking about the points again. I'm not a betting man. Uh, Broncos Cowboys, that's easy. You know, Dak's going to be back. Um, it's a home game for them, and uh, you know, no fans not going to be playing for Denver. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he's okay. You know, he's he's not a turnover machine, but can he do a lot? Can he really be the reason why you win games? The answer is no. Um, and their running games, you know, okay too, but just everything's clicking for Dallas right now, and the, and the defense really did a good job holding Kirk Cousins um, after that first touchdown to Adam Thielen, so I really do like the Cowboys in that one, and then you also have uh, the Chargers and Eagles, Chargers favored by uh, one and a half, I don't want to be fooled by the Eagles, I already told you that uh, in the introduction, and I'm not going to be, I think uh, one and a half is very generous, and I, and I can't believe that they lost against the, the Patriots at home. And now you're going from west to east facing on the Eagles. But it's a 4, it's a four o'clock game, not a 1 o'clock game. Uh, I, think, I think they have no choice but to bounce back. And the fact that uh, Vegas has them winning this game, I do too. But you might want to take the Eagles because of, like, you know, like you're a little bit worried of why it's 1.5. But still, like I said, Herbert is going to do his thing. Divas just needs to step up, and uh, like I said, this Eagles team's a little bit dysfunctional, inconsistent. Do they really know what they're doing at times? They are inexperienced, so I definitely will say I'll just take the charges. They need to start winning games to be in that conversation for like a top five or sixteen in the AFC, uh, and and make their make themselves known and stay there for the wild card conversation because they don't want to waste any more time with a superstar like Justin Herbert where they could make the playoffs every single year. You don't want to miss, a, you don't want to miss any season of missing the playoffs unless he's hurt and he's not going to be hurt. At least it seems like that right now. The guy's upright. He's he's tall. He's physical, and he's uh, he's doing his thing. So you definitely don't want to mess a good thing there. Um, Packers at Chiefs. I will talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation later, uh, and also you know why that's a good thing for a Packers fan. At least the only silver lining that one could think of. Uh, but yeah, I'll take the Chiefs. You know, I I even had the win in this game even with Aaron Rodgers 
only because of uh, it's in Arrowhead, it's a hostile environment for any team to go into. They did have a lot of rests, but at the same time, you know, the Chiefs, and uh, not that much time to rest for the Chiefs. Uh, but I will definitely say that uh, the Chiefs, I think we're embarrassed on Monday Night Football, keeping it such a close game. that You, you, you thought at some point they were going to explode, get a touchdown in the second half. They didn't. Um, Gi- the, the Giants could have uh, even won that game if it wasn't for their own blunders. So I definitely do think that it is time for the Chiefs to uh, to make um, amends on all the all, on everyone that said like oh they're going to win the Super Bowl they're such a great team you know I, I really do think that if they're going to make a statement it's got to be this game and I think that they will because as a Packers fan we don't have the, the best of luck but I will definitely say this because of garbage time and because you know the Chiefs don't really care about the spread that much I would actually take the points I mean I've always heard oh yeah they, it never favors the Chiefs so I'll definitely take the points there um, but but still Green Bay is not going to win this game though and then you have uh, Cardinals at the 49ers. 49ers are actually favored in this one. Negative two. Kyler's questionable. Uh, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be fine. A lot of rest for them. DeAndre, I'm not sure he's going to play. And AJ Green's on the COVID reserve. But they still have Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, uh, Christian Kirk. You know, probably even someone else could just step up for them. Uh, they always uh, And also, you know, Emmons is a wide receiver if you think of it. With James Conner being the actual running up the backs um yeah i think the cardinals are just a better team i think they're starting to have a better defense i know watts after the year but still the 49ers have just been injured play the secondary has been um you know hasn't been there in recent years i really would take uh the cardinals even though they're on the road uh they gotta they, they, they gotta they gotta come back in some way that was a brutal way to lose a game and everyone watching you Thursday night football uh, you, uh the undefeated season's gone you gotta find a, a way to to, to make make yourselves and make everyone else forget that and your divisional rival you gotta win within the division um, and also you know you gotta keep your head up high and uh, you also gotta find a way to, to keep yourself in the midst of the number one seed with the Packers Cowboys Buccaneers all being right there and the Rams being right there so you also wanna be fighting against the Rams and not having to take a second loss when the games you're supposed to and this is a game that they are supposed to and for the 49ers I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo that much uh, and they just been weary at times like that was a weird game that they played last week in Chicago so uh, I'd rather take a team that I know of and feel good about with that uh, with, with the Cardinals and just feeling good with that and then you also have uh the Rams against the Titans, Sunday Night Football. Rams are favored by seven. Derrick Henry out for, I think, for all the season. Uh, I'm not surprised about that number. I would take the I would take the negative seven. I'll take the Rams. Uh, they're the home team, and I, I, I just see them continue rolling, you know, keep doing their thing. Um, I, I mean, Tennessee might put up a fight a little bit, but they they improved. Von Miller, I'm going to get into that too. Um, they have a good defense already anyway. Offense is going to keep going, and there's nothing much more to say, right? Tennessee's got, got to be a little bit reeling. Maybe they readjust after this game. I know that, uh, you know, it's not the same team, and they're going to have to find their way in Week 10, not Week 9. So um, just just take the Rams, no question in my mind. The last game is the Steelers versus the Bears, to which both these teams are weird. They're defensive-minded teams. Once an old quarterback, once a young quarterback, they just can't find a way to utilize their weapons properly. Like uh, uh, Allen Robinson and Chase Claypool, you know, not being utilized in the way that they're supposed to be. Uh, 
the tight ends, you know, could be utilized a bit more. But either way, this, uh, the Steelers are favored by six and a half. I trust the Steelers as an organization, as a coach, Mike Tomlin. Um, I like the guy. I've always liked him. And I'll definitely say that, uh, you know, this just might not be the Bears' year. And the Steelers, they might not have any choice but to, to try to go for it one last time uh, before Big Ben retires and try to make the playoffs. This is a game that you've got to think about. We're games that we're supposed to win. And this is a game that I would definitely say they are supposed to win. So I'm, I'll, I'll definitely just go with the more conservative, the, the most fair pick, and I'll go with uh, the Steelers. High Voltage with Double A. We'll be right back. And that is your NFL picks right there. Again, like I said, uh, I'm not great at predicting. Uh, I'm also not a betting man, so I don't like keep up with uh, you know the odds and all those kind of metrics, you know, whatever. But like I said, uh, to just hopefully I give you a little bit of perspective. Hopefully I get get you a gauge for this Sunday and Monday. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you can get something out of it, whether it's, uh, winning, uh, making you feel good, making you feel, you know, or just, or just getting you a, a little bit more informed about each of these teams. Cause like I said, I try to be well-versed as, as much as possible, uh, for, uh, for every sport. So definitely, hopefully, uh, you get you get that, and uh, we got to move on to uh, to uh, educate you, inform you a little bit more of what you might have missed this week. Because uh, one reason why I wanted to do this as my second episode is the fact that uh, a lot happened this week, uh, and unfortunately, it gets started with some really tragic and, and horrible news that uh, the Raiders release Henry Ruggs because he was involved in, uh, in a DUI accident to which it, it killed someone and now he's facing two to 20 years in prison so I, I absolutely don't blame the Raiders at all for releasing him uh they that now they're looking for someone who could replace him Brian Edwards is probably the guy that could step up Keon Drake could also step up uh but also you know I just said so my condolences out to the the families of the victim it's a horrible situation, and hopefully, just uh, we can all take something from this. That uh, just kind of like with the Tiger Woods thing, you know, don't rush, right? Like uh, it's okay to be late than to you know get into an accident. In this case, I I I, I re- I'm never going to put myself in this situation because I, I told I told you guys before I don't drink, I don't do drugs. That's one reason why because if my judgment is impaired. Then unfortunately, I, I I would have a bad judgment in determining whether I should drive or not, uh, and maybe Rugs made the same mistake, and hopefully he he becomes a better man from it. Uh, but we could still become a better person from uh, from hearing this story, and and hopefully just just have it out minds because it's just so sad, and it it's unfor- it's unfortunate that a situation like this, uh, and I'm saying all that based on a sports story because this happens. Uh, I don't want to maybe every day. But the point, the point is, I, I don't want to get into even more horrible stuff, but the point is is that sports is a way for us to learn, for us to grow, and this story, hopefully there's a civil lie to it, and hopefully when it comes to your typical ordinary 
uh, person that uh, that you could definitely take away something along those lines from a story like this. But but like I like I said, we gotta keep moving here. There's a lot to to go to go forward on, and that's with the NFL trade deadline. Uh, Von Miller is the biggest name got that got moved. There wasn't really that much else that happened. Zach Ertz happened a while ago. Him getting traded to the Cardinals. Von Miller, I think, is a good fit for the Rams. Uh, if he's still under contract for beyond this season, then of course I think it's a good a good deal because you don't want to just trade a second and a third rounder for someone that's just going to be there for eight games uh you want to you want him to contribute now and a little bit later to it sure he is declining he is uh he's getting there up in age but uh but he's still a, a, a fairly decent player and he's going to be he's still going to be beloved in denver uh for what all he did in that super bowl and also you know the being and living up to uh getting picked second overall uh, but it's 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 a signal to uh, the fan base of Los Angeles that they're win now mode this year and next year. With Denver, it's like just be prepared for a rebuild because they still don't have their franchise quarterback, and also you trade away the best player that you were trying to win for. You trade him away, so now you know you might try to to win a few more games, but before uh, uh, sooner before later, you will signal the white flag and just try to get a high draft pick because then if you're not gonna make the playoffs, then what's the point of winning an extra game or two when it hurts your draft pick? So definitely, that's what the trade tells me, and it's a significant one. It is, uh, but that was the only one of this trade deadline. And also speaking of a lack of a trade deadline, Odell Beckham Jr. was not traded; he actually got released. And as a Packers fan, I'd love to go after it. I really would. They probably won't because it's not their style. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking on a, a part of day that he is still not signed. So definitely, you know, if you're listening, he might be signed to the team by now. Uh, here are some a few teams that I don't think he could go to. You know, he could go to, uh, and these these are just based on where the team is with their uh, within their division. Uh, conference standings, if do they need a receiver, you know, so the Raiders, barely the Chargers, barely, uh, the, they don't have a third wide receiver, they probably like your, their young wide receivers, but still, uh, you also have the Eagles, the Titans, the Patriots, the Packers, the Bears, uh, I, da- I doubt Chicago, uh, Baltimore is a fine one, they always looking for uh, wide receivers, they always are, uh, Pair up with uh, Hollywood Brown, and now Sean Bateman seems like he could be a decent player. So you might as well. And also, Terry Watkins, I forgot about him, but he doesn't really stay healthy. That's the thing with Odell. You have to really be aware of what you're dealing with. His health always in question, and his personality. You know, some people are worried about the locker room effect. So just that, I'm not surprised that it came down to this when it comes to Odell. It seems Odell like a little bit of drama, even though this time was started by his dad. It still is drama, and it seems like it always follows Odell. And if you don't know, Odell Beckham Senior, uh, the father of uh, the player of whom we're talking about, posted on Twitter a video that uh, that that basically was on YouTube that said every, that signaled out every single time Baker Mayfield. Miss Odell Beckham Jr. on uh, a route in which he was open, or he was open through the ball, and he underthrew it or overthrew it. So there obviously wasn't a lot of chemistry between him and Baker. Uh, I don't think Baker's that great of a quarterback anyway, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, this really does hurt the Browns, uh, and, and definitely, uh, ex- uh, definitely, you should see more carries for 
uh, Nick Chubb and and Co. Because uh, they were run heavy team to begin with, but who who do they really have now to throw the ball that you could really rely on? And plus, Baker's still gotta be dealing with the shoulder injury. I mean, something's just not right with him, or he's just not that great. I'll be surprised if they actually give him a, a, a lucrative extension. But like I said. When it comes down to it, Odell Beckham Jr., great talent. A team will probably love to uh, sign him on the cheap rather than giving up draft picks. I just don't know exactly where he's going to go. I mean, again, do you want to deal with something like that? Do you need something like that? It is middle of the season. Do you really want to break something that's working? So, I don't know right now. I would love for him to go Green Bay. I'm just going to predict it just because I want to. Uh, but there probably is a team out there that I, I'm not thinking of. That, uh, that could definitely... I mean, the Saints are the ones I wanted to uh, trade for. Maybe they're definitely a team. Because Michael Thomas, who the next guy I'm about to talk about, is out for the season. So definitely that is a fit there. Uh, it's very unfortunate for Michael Thomas. I mean, I, I, I even thought he was going to come back by this point. And he had a setback. I'm, I'm not sure if it's the same ankle, different ankle. I don't know. But uh, yeah, very unfortunate that he's going to be out for the season. And it could very well be... Uh, a civil line when it comes to Odell potentially going there. So we'll see with all that and uh, what happens with the Saints because they just lost James Winston for the season. Taysom Hill, I think he's going to be back in time to start. So the Saints, not a lot of good happening for the Saints. And uh, just let's keep our eyes open. If Odell is still not signed past uh, this, this Sunday, which would be the 7th of uh, November, in case you are still listening past that. Uh, the next thing is still with NFL. There's a lot of NFL news. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers uh, was uh, the, uh, what, pot, tested positive for uh, COVID-19. And uh, a lot of people say that he's not vaccinated. The NFL is concerned about vaccinated. He said he was immunized. It's a weird situation. I mean, I, I think he got an alternative treatment. Didn't want to get the, the vaccine. But probably did his own research. I didn't know there was an alternative treatment. I really didn't know. And people are going off about how he deceived us, you know, whatever. I I, I don't know about all, about all that. I mean, it, it, if you want to take it at, like, if people, if someone doesn't say uh, vaccinated and, and, and said use a different wording, that's very much questionable anyway in the beginning. And people just took him at his word. And also the fact that uh, it is very questionable about, you know, he was supposed to wear his mask. He did it, especially inside the press conferences. I, I saw some of those press conferences. And I mean, I just assumed that that he was. I I never knew about this immunized answer, and I'm talking about me as a Packers fan. Um, but here's the aftermath of, of all that. Take that as, as you will. I'll just try to give you some context, some background, some info in case you had no idea about this story because it was breaking news when it uh, occurred. I forget if it was Wednesday or Thursday, but still, the con- uh, the, the aftermath for me, and I actually. It's bad timing because this was a winnable game against Kansas City. And now, of course, they're uh, seven and a half point favorites. But I will definitely say that now it really gives me uh, some tape nationally. I don't care about preseason games. On whether or not Jordan Love can be the guy, right? Because they draft this guy. They didn't draft him to be a backup. They drafted him to be a starting quarterback someday. And I, I think if Aaron Rodgers is still going to be your quarterback, you should trade away Jordan Love. I mean, I know that's not the issue that was brought up at hand. There was a lot more issues when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay's front uh, front office. But still, I want to see Jordan Love. I really do. Now, I want to see him against, you know, 
Alliance team or Jacksonville or the Eagles because Kansas City, don't get me wrong, Kansas City does have a great defense, but he's really going to have a uh, he's going to have a lot of pressure to put up some points. And you might say, well, Kansas City will only put up twenty against New York. Sure, sure they did, but I know with Green Bay's defense, they're probably going to allow more than that, maybe even double. The fact of the matter is that Kansas City is going to bounce back. They'll go into at some point. And with Green Bay's luck, I wouldn't be surprised it would be this week. It's in Arrowhead. Not good, not great in terms of uh, Green Bay. So, again, like I said, uh, not the best environment for Joy Love. But at the same time, we can definitely see who he is. And are you are you big time? right? Or, this is your moment. This could be your only start as far as I know. Maybe you become Josh Rosen where you get a start, you don't get a lot of opportunity, and boom, you're, you're in practice squads. It's the, who are you? Who is Jordan Love of Utah State? Who is this guy? It's time for me and everyone who saw this draft pick, was surprised about this draft pick, should have been a wide receiver. I would have loved for them to get Brad Ayuk on that same draft. And unfortunately, he's, he's he keeps being in the doghouse for Brian, uh, for uh, Kyle Shanahan. But the point is, is that I want to see this guy play. I really do. Again, I, I know this might affect the standings. It might cost them a second loss. Uh, they are riding a, a, a big time winning streak and them being uh, Arizona did not surprise me. But at the same time, again, it, it might cost them a game, but it really does, it will say a lot about who Jordan Love is and is he capable of taking the Green Bay Packers because this is a game that they need. It's a game that they need. They have the Rams right there, the Cardinals right there, the Cowboys are right there, the Buccaneers are right there. They do need to win this game. And sure, Kansas City does too. I'm not saying that they don't. A lot of teams need to win this week. But without Aaron Rodgers, you do have Devontae Adams back. How are those throws going to be? Uh, you do have Lazard back. Tony is going to be out for the year, but that's okay. Scantling is going to be back. How you utilize Aaron Jones? How, how are you at uh, at call and plays? I really want to see all that. And so if I, if I am able to watch this game, I'm very intrigued by this game. And if the Packers do, in fact, win this game, I am going to be surprised about that. Because like I said, the Cardinals got I, uh, like 7-0 against 6-1. I wasn't surprised if the Packers won. Um, the fact of the matter is, you know, Aaron Rodgers has dealt with much worse in terms of uh, dealing. Well, actually, I should say this is one of the worser dealing with just not even Luzar, Scantling, Adams. He did have Tonyan. Uh, but I've definitely seen it work his magic, and with that game, not surprised. But again, you don't you don't have that you're dealing with this guy, and and it's all about trust. Do you trust the Jordan Love? And if they trust him, he was sure as hell uh, trust them. And maybe we could definitely see a good ball game. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And the last two things, uh, as I transition into NBA, the first I want to bring up though is NHL. Jack Eichel got traded away from uh, Buffalo to Las Vegas. A very good deal. For the, for uh, for them, and you could even say a good deal for Buffalo because his stock was just it was just going down and going down and going down over the uh, the issue of uh, you know the team had final say over what surgery he gets. The, but Eichel wanted a different option. He wanted to get the disc replacement. The uh, Sabers wanted to get fusion surgery. I'm not sure if there's any clause in in the C, in any of the CBAs that have something like that. Like the, the fact that the player doesn't have that much of say in terms of what surgery they get, going to their own doctors and know their own bodies kind of surprises me. But at the end of the day, it kind of works out. He He's in a better, better organization in terms of they made the playoffs each of their, uh, each of the seasons that they've been a franchise. 
Um, and Buffalo, I don't think they ever made the playoffs with him. So it's a bit, but unfortunately, he's going to get the surgery now. They're, they're not going to have him for most of the season, but he will be back. And if they make the playoffs, which I think they will, the, the, the Golden Knights, he will contribute, and he definitely will be fresh. He'll be ready to go. I think he would be motivated, maybe be a little bit vengeful. Buffalo's on to a good start, don't get me wrong, but I don't see that lasting for long. They get some good players in terms of... Uh, Former first round draft picks. One was for 2014, so you might have to say, is he really still that good? And you got another one for 2019. Uh, but the deal is specifically, if you don't know, uh, they get a first round pick and a second round pick. They have to give up a third round pick to to uh, to Las Vegas. It depends on you know if the pick this upcoming year falls in the top ten. If and I might be wrong about this because I'm just trying to remember from my own memory. If it's in the top ten. Uh, the Golden Knights pick, then it's going to be the Golden Knights' uh, first round pick uh, next season, and the second round pick will convey in the season afterwards, uh, something along those lines. If it's not in the top 10, then they get the pick this season and get the second round pick next season, and the third round pick is in the same uh, draft as the first round pick, I think. Something along those lines. It's a little, it's a little bit weird how they talk about conditions and when to when when it meets and when it doesn't but the point is is that the deal's done eichel's on his way out um it's uh, it's a unfortunate situation you know player versus team we see that before you don't typically see that in hockey all the time uh and hopefully he gets back to where he is he's definitely one of the top players he's still very young and definitely i think now vegas really has to superstar or maybe kind of has a talent of a superstar because you, you could depend you could definitely argue that that thing's never been in the playoffs is he truly a superstar like Kyle mcdavid for example or really in his prime Sidney crosby you know uh but i will definitely say again go the golden knights are going to the playoffs they've dealt with a lot of injuries anyway i see them going anyway uh, they always find a way, it seems like. And then Buffalo, they just continue their, their rebuild, and it seems like it's gone on for a long time. But either way, it's good that both sides have moved on. This trade is now being finalized. And uh, just just good luck to good luck to him and good luck to Buffalo. Uh, and the, and go, the Golden Knights are the one that's that benefit. Good for them, too, for taking on a risk. And, and tell him, yeah, you could get your, your surgery. Uh, because I do really think the player knowing their body should have that final say. But unfortunately, the NFL, it's nothing like it. The teams have the final say. So definitely have that uh, a food for thought right there. And the last thing as we transition into NBA is the Robert Sarr investigation. It reminds me a little bit of Donald Sterling, except Sterling, you know, the, the, he was definitely way more of a hardcore racist. Uh, I definitely had some evidence really against him. The thing is, though, with this one is that you have a lot of back and forth within the ESPN article. And this ESPN was conducted by ESPN. Uh, so you had, like, former employees, current employees going anonymous, saying, you know, oh, he's, he said this, he said that, he's like this, he's like that. And he, ha- and he had, through his own legal team, had a response saying, like, oh, we denied this. Uh, you know, things got twisted, you know, this, this, and that. I will just say this. Keep an open mind. Right at some point, the truth always comes out. I have a good feeling, and if you want to agree with me, that's fine. That he's just covering his own his own butt because I have no idea why the employees would have any motive to just come out and say something like this, uh, or why would this even begin? Like they must have gotten a tip, the uh, ESPN to conduct this investigation. Um, 
rather than the older, you know, like, I, it's mostly like this, that something bad happens, employees at some point say it, and the owner, knowing what happened, is trying to cover their own butt, so, uh, take it as, take it as you will, uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not that great, uh, it's not that great of a story, uh, but like I said, you know, if he is telling the truth that maybe there is a motive on the employees that they just don't like him, that he is very hard to work for, uh, you never know in terms of, uh, of why people say things the way that they do or uh or when it comes to the owner you know like there was definitely reason for him to lie he's got his own reputation and a brand to save which is himself and his basketball team so you could definitely you know just 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 keep if you want to have your own opinion now that, that's fine but i'm more so willing to wait i have a good feeling of what it is but a feeling is not logic and right now there's definitely you have logic on both sides of why one side can be right and the other side can be right so definitely just hold off when it comes to concluding your own opinion uh at least that's my own opinion on that the last thing i wanted to bring up and a lot of great stuff in this episode you know just try to recap uh try to recap baseball try to you know bring, uh, bring you up to speed in terms of a lot with football uh, the one hockey trade, and of course, you know, the NFL picks got ended on a good note, and that's something we haven't really talked about yet, and that's basketball. Uh, basketball season got started, and I'm just, I'm just kind of like, you know, might as well just, uh, just give you a few surprising starts to the season, whether that's a player or a team. Uh, I probably don't have the records up in front of me, but still, if you go, if you go out of your way, and you see like, oh wow, yeah, I didn't expect this team to do, to do good, or this player to do good. I definitely do think that you're going to be. As surprised I am, considering of where they've been either last year or uh, or a few seasons down the road, or maybe where they were drafted, you know, etc., etc. Anyway, the first play I wanted to play is Miles Bridges. The guy's been unbelievable. Charlotte has they were on a good start. I think they came back down to earth a little bit, uh, but they definitely, you know, they still have, they actually have, they have a lot of depth on their team. You know, you got Lamella, obviously, Gordon Hayward, obviously. Uh, you also have uh, P.J. Washington, Miles Plumley. They brought in. Uh, they also have uh, Terry Rozier. You know they uh, they 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 have uh, McDaniel's. So I'll probably miss a few people too. But Miles Bridges is the one that's lead the, in in points, and it's kind of like unbelievable. He's like oh, like I would say, you know, almost like twenty six or twenty seven, something like that. And I never saw him as a scorer. I never did. Uh, but it really does seem like that the guy is on another level, and hopefully if it continues, he will get his first All-Star nod, and he's a guy that just didn't seem like an All-Star to me, so definitely keep your eye out on him, and it seems like that uh, that's only about to continue. Uh, if you're playing fantasy basketball, I would not sell yet. Maybe he's a sell-high candidate, but at the same time, like I said, something's growing in Charlotte, and I want to keep my close eye on it because there wasn't that much good because of anything in Charlotte during the Kevin Walker days. Uh, and maybe now you have something because the emergence of uh, Lamelo Ball and also the head coach seems like he's doing a really good job too, um, in, in terms of how to get these boys to to play together, uh, and play as as if like uh, th this game is very important and we need to win this game, and they and, they, and at least they they showcase their stuff uh, because again when it comes to Charlotte it's a dumpster fire right like the you you have the bad days of this uh, Biombo. Uh, Kyle, uh, Cody Zeller, you know, just it's just been it's just been a mess down there, uh, and, and and I'm happy that now it seems like there is light at the end of the tunnel in terms of uh, in terms of that franchise. Now you also have uh, a little bit so uh, he he's not young like like Miles is, but uh, he still got so uh, he still got 
a lot of talent, and it seems like he's not going to go away anytime soon. That fuel is still uh, maybe halfway before he retires. And that's Al Horford. Al Horford's average at double-double. Uh, he's getting a few assists per game, and I just can't believe it. I really can't. Like, I thought Robert Williams was going to be the go-to guy there, uh, but it seems like he can actually fit well with Robert Al Horford. And it just seems like, you know, it just seems like he just he's just a Boston guy. You know, Atlanta suited him pretty well, but he went up to Boston, seemed like he had really good seasons there. And he's continuing that at age 35. I can't believe it. So what he's doing is unbelievable. I don't think he's going to keep it up all season long. They probably will give him some rest days. Robert will, really is, is the guy I really love as a big there. Uh, but really they don't have that many bigs. I know Ennis Cantor is also on the roster. So definitely keep your eye out for Al Horford. He's definitely doing some great things at his age. Uh, then you're dealing with Harrison Barnes, you know, the guy that won a title with Golden State before they replaced him with Kevin Durant. He's going off this season, absolutely going off this season. He's averaging like almost 30. Uh, maybe that's a hyperbole, but I, I love Harrison Barnes. And he's averaging, I think, like like around like nine rebounds a game. So you're talking about a small forward that uh, the average is nearly 30 points a game, almost 10 rebounds a game. That's almost like a center, like a dominant center, like a Joel Embiid. And I'm like, he's not anywhere near Joel Embiid. But the stats tell me, like, what is this guy doing? So maybe that says something about Sacramento. You know, maybe Luke Walton finally put it together. Uh, but I will definitely say, you know, maybe maybe he's definitely a sell-hot candidate. I can't see him doing it for that long. I know he's not that talented. Or maybe he's wrong. Or maybe I'm wrong. And he and he's right. And he put a lot of work in the offseason. He improved his rebound, his vertical, his three point jump shot. Uh, well, he, he he's always had a three point jump shot. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you also gotta be consistent with it. I love me some consistency. And maybe now he's finally put it together. Maybe he's uh you know taking more contact at the rim and he's putting it down. I don't know. Point is, is that it see it seems like he's a he's a real deal. Uh, maybe I will, I, I mean, I, even I have him on my fantasy team, I'm not sure I'm completely sold on it, because, like, we're talking about Harrison Barnes here, you know, like, uh, it's not like, it's not dealing with, uh, the number one overall pick here, you know, we're dealing with Harrison Barnes, so, again, like I said, just, just keep your eye out for it, maybe, maybe, uh, he regresses a little bit, but at the same time, I would like him to see him, uh, get his, uh, an all-star nod, because, uh, he, he, he definitely has been in the league for a while. He definitely has been underappreciated. And uh, I, I, it's good for him. Good for him. Good for Sacramento. Uh, I really do uh, love what the what they're trying to do with Buddy, with De'Aaron. And it's about time they make the playoffs. So if, if you have to have play like this to make the playoffs, then go ahead. Because I, I, I really miss seeing them in the playoffs. Uh, the next one is Deache Murray. You know, the guy doesn't average 20 points a game, but he he nearly averages a triple-double. Uh, he's he's around eight assists. He's around seven rebounds a game. And he's just a point guard, right? I think around, like, 17 points per game. Uh, and the Spurs need a guy like that. You know, DeMar DeRose is not there anymore. You need someone to get those rebounds. You need someone to uh, to lead, to, to be there for the guys. And he's still relatively young. So I'm definitely happy for him, and hopefully, I know the Spurs have been off to a bad start, but at the same time, like I said, we're mostly talking about players here and who I'm surprised about. He took the next leap. He's He was a good player last year. He was a, maybe even a great player, but now it seems like he's taking the, the, the next step. And so definitely keep your eye out for Dejace Murray of San Antonio. Uh, the next one is OJ Ananobi. Uh, he's, he's been a good scorer. 
You know, like he, I think he averaged around 15 last year. He's taken it one step forward. He's averaging around 20 points now. And Toronto's just a hot team, man. I'm not. I haven't brought up the teams yet, but I'm also bringing up Toronto right now. Fred, Fred Van Vliet has been, struggled a little bit at first, but now he's starting to get it going. Uh, and also you have like Anjanua, uh, you have uh, Williams, uh, like someone's like like those two guys really good on the boards. Uh, you're dealing with a lot of guys who you don't really never heard of, and uh, think about it. Siakam is not there. He's not playing yet. Uh, they don't have the big time centers that they used to have. Uh, Butcher is not playing a lot. Um, and when I say the big guys they used to be, I just remember their names now. Marcus Saul, Jonas Valanciunas, they're not there anymore. They're still winning games. Um, so and also uh, Gary Trent Jr. doing a very nice job too as as their shooter guard. So. The Toronto as a whole, very nice shot. And OJ Anobi has kind of led the charge points-wise. Uh, I'm not sure he's the team leader in points because that might be Fred Thurmby. But still, like I said, the fact that he's taking it from 15 to 20, I can already see him going up. He sees like a natural. And uh, just keep continue looking out for Toronto because I don't think this is going to last for long. But it would be a very nice story like the Atlanta Hawks to, uh, to see a rebuilding team uh, have the good old days, their high peaks, uh, go through their low peaks and finally come back up to where they're a playoff team, uh, uh, making some noise in the playoffs. So that would be very nice to hear. A nice storyline, I think. And, and if I remember correctly, their record is six and two at the time right now. So that's very surprising from where we expect them to be. The next one is uh, Matras Harrell of uh, of the Wizards. You know, and also I could put it uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. He's done very nice. Bradley Beal keeps doing his thing. Uh, but just the fact that, and also Kyle Kuzma, rebounding machine that he is. Uh, but with Matras Harrell, you know, he couldn't really find his spot in LA, gets traded to Washington, and I think he's really replaced Gafford as like the go to big man on that team. And I know Thomas Bryant is not there yet, but I will definitely say that uh, he's doing very well for them. Very, very, very well for them. At, like, actually, a double double. I'm very surprised about that. Uh, and he hopefully he continues it. He's not just a six man of the year to me. He's also he's also a guy that can tr- contribute big time points, and he he's done so so far. So hopefully he continues that, and I think he will. He's a very good player, and I think he and Kuzma have opportunities with this team to show uh, he's that 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 give it up on them like the Lakers or in Dinwiddie's case like the Nets. So uh, I would definitely say that Washington is not. Uh, a playoff team that could go far, but maybe they make the eighth seed, right? You never know. Uh, I do like their their core at hand. You know, Kuz, Harrell, uh, Gafford, Bryant when he comes back. Uh, you also deal with uh, the the guy from Israel who they drafted seventh overall, Huchamoa. Uh, I don't know where he's been. I don't think he's uh, coming there anytime soon. Something must have happened. Maybe he's taking a break. Who knows? But he's also on the roster. Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal. Uh, they got some guys. They they do. Uh, and it wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it wouldn't be surprised to me that uh, that they face the water two seed. It would be surprised if they if they get the six or fifth seed. I will definitely say that. And I know right now it seems like they could, but just 
just because there's a lot of good guys on that team who could ball does not necessarily mean they are a playoff team just off the bat. So definitely, 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 please take that into account. I do still like the storyline there that got that you have a lot of comeback player of the year guys on that team. Just like the three that I mentioned, Bradley Beal is not the comeback player of the year. If you if you really want to know who I'm talking about. Uh, the, the last player I wanted to talk about, I uh, well, uh, I will get into a core of guys, but the last individual player I want to talk about is Desmond Bain, man. Desmond Bain of Memphis, he was like a, a role player last year, you know, average like 8, 9 points a game. He's come, he is starter, and he is averaging like 17 points out of the game. You know, a few rebounds, a few assists, maybe a steal per game. The guy's great, man. And Memphis needs someone like that alongside uh, John Moran. It's awesome. I absolutely love Seeing this team play, Steven Adams is also on that team. Jared Jackson's on that team. Uh, also, Kyle Anderson's on that team. I like Desmond Bain, uh, play second year player. Seems like he's just a natural scorer at heart, and I just love seeing the guy just get. Uh, he he got he hasn't gotten twenty points since his first game, but he keeps getting at least 15, 16 every single game. He's not giving up anytime soon, and he gets a lot of three pointers. So I I love seeing this guy play, and it just came out of nowhere. Who was Desmond Bain? Well, I know who he is now, you know. So if he's still if he's still uh, available in your uh, fantasy basketball leagues, please pick him up. Uh, you could also I could also do a segment on that uh, sometime later in the season. I mean, especially when you know I'm first place in fantasy basketball. Like I mean, you're talking to the guy. But uh, that's not the point. The point is, is that a guy like that, you had no idea who he was. He explodes off the scene the first game, and he, he's a he's a great scorer. If you need points, if you want if you want to see someone score at least 15, 60 a game, if you want to put money on it. Desmond Major go to guy. You have my my word on that. The last players, it's a core of players. They're all in the Magic, right? Unfortunately, the Magic have not turned that production into wins. I don't know how. But they have some great players that are really. It really tells you that they're uh, that they're good at developing, at least of right now, right. And when I'm talking about Markel Fultz, he's hurt. With Jonathan Isaac right now, he's also hurt. But when we're talking about Cole Anthony, the point guard, we're talking about Wendell Carter, the center, Bo Baba, the center, and uh, Fra- uh, Frank Swider, the shooting guard, who they just drafted in this past year's draft. They look really nice, man. And I and I'm just talking about in terms of an individual stat standpoint. And I will definitely say this. They are great to have a fantasy, right? And I guarantee you, with the exception of Carter, that either of these guys could have been undrafted. I really do believe that. Cole Anthony's averaging nearly a a triple-double. Wider is shooting the lights out. Almost like as as if he is a buddy-heeled, sort of, in terms of uh, he's a shooting guard, small forward, puts up threes, count on him to get points, a little bit of rebounds, one or two assists, Maybe a steal, not a lot of turnovers, you know, like a typical uh, three-point specialist kind of guy. I like to say Buddy Heal in terms of that. He's on my fantasy team, and he's doing well too, actually. Uh, but in terms of uh, Cole Anthony, yeah, the, the, kind of like Deontay Murray a little bit, but of course he's still got a little bit of ways to go. He's still only in his second year. Mo Baba, Wendell Carr, I love to see that Carter's out of Chicago. Baba's finally having a role uh, that's consistent, and he, he's a block machine, man, he is, and he's getting a lot of rebounds, he's getting supports, I actually met Mo Bauer one time before, he is, you know, crazy tall, and I, I just wanted the best for him ever since then, you know, uh, he just, and he told me, um, and we're taking the ACT together, I, I don't know, I didn't have to bring this up, but the only reason I liked it is because what, what's, the, what's the next time you're going to hear Mo Bauer's name, you know, like, you don't hear a lot from 
uh, Orlando that much. Um, but but what he told me was that uh, so uh, like my friends were uh, were with me, you know, taking this ACT test. He's like, oh, is that Mobala? Like, uh, I, I I know I do who he was because he I don't follow high school basketball, and he was like one of the top uh, recruits out there. And he was like, oh, yeah, that that looks like it. I'm like, I walk over to him. And I'm like, uh, are you a basketball player? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what kind of player you are? And he's like, oh, I'm a small forward. You know, you think of me as a, you can think of me as a Kevin Durant, th- th- uh, three-point shooter. You know, I'm all over the place. I'm like, huh. Well, I, I, I mean, you kind of, you see like you can play center. He's like, ah, you, you, you think, you know, so... I'm telling you, man, the guy, he was just, you know, trying to, uh, like, uh, have fun with it. You know, he clearly knew I was ignorant about the whole thing, and maybe I should have followed high school basketball, and I still don't. I don't even follow high school baseball for what that, or even high school football. I don't even follow that much college sports anyway, but the point is, I could get get off track with a lot of things, but the point is, is that I really do like this core, and just keep your eye out for them. You know, maybe you want to trade for the fantasy, that's fine. But I really do think that this team could be something a year or two from now. So watch out for them next season. You could you could turn your blind out to, uh, blind out to that. That's fine. I dare you do that. But I will definitely say this. You will regret it. I think this team could be something. Now, are they championship worthy? Probably not. You probably do need a veteran, a good leader, a guy who you could go to the last few minutes of the game. Okay. But you, but you need at least good a good roster, good depth, a good core. This could definitely be it. So definitely keep your eye out for them. And then when it comes to the teams, you know, I brought uh, I brought up uh, the the Raptors already. So Chicago, which I actually am not surprised about. You know, you get Lonzo Ball, you get Demar uh, Derozan. You already had Zach Levine there. Uh, you already have Vucevic there. Uh, you still have a lot of good depth. You know, you have. Uh, Kobe White, uh, he's not playing right now. Alex Caruso, they also got. Uh, they, 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 unfortunately, Patrick Willis out for the season. They got some players. They do. They have uh, a, a decent roster there, and I really do think that uh, they they could potentially be a four or five seed in the Eastern Conference. So uh, they they definitely show their and they they were like four zero. They lost their first game by one point. I would definitely think that uh, this is this is definitely a time where I believe and I start I'm starting to believe in them. You should too. Like this is definitely a team that uh, no one should be surprised about their start. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, not. I, I already talked about them a little bit. Also a good start. I would definitely love to see them make the playoffs, develop a little bit more, and see what what you, what else you could do to build around John Moran because he needs more more help in terms of uh, star power, right? The NBA is driven by star power. And then the Warriors. A lot of people are like, oh my God, the, the Warriors are putting everywhere on league notice. No. No. I'm not surprised about this at all. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. I, I love those three players right there. You also have uh, uh, Jordan Poole. I like him as a go-to scorer. Uh, I... I they they have good depth, you know. They also Chase Wiseman has even played yet. They got uh some draft. Uh, they got some like two uh draft picks in the top fourteen. I think it was this past year's draft. They got depth. They do, and also Nico Mannion could be a good a good addition for them. Uh, I'll definitely say I'll definitely say this. The war is not going away anytime soon. Get used to it because I'm not uh, like Steph Curry wants to be back in the playoffs. He wants to, he wants he wants to make one last run, and I think he will. Uh, does that mean he will get a ring? Not necessarily. But definitely, 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 I'm just, I just cannot believe how many people are actually surprised that the Warriors are, what, 6-1, 7-1, you know? Like, that does not surprise me at all. They have a good organization. They have a good culture, good coach, good players. 
uh, just good a good blend of everything. So I just cannot believe that people are taken aback by this. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, come on, give me a break. Anyway, that's it. I a whole lot in there. Uh, hopefully, everyone enjoy. Everyone enjoyed it. I know. Again, I know I sound a little bit sick. I, I'll, I'll just say this: deal with it. Uh, because I, w- I really wanted to inform you guys, and uh, I really wanted to give you a little bit of a taste in terms of what happened this week, and also, uh, you know, just just a lot. A lot happened, and I, I need to get this in as soon as possible. And I definitely hope that uh, you know maybe there will be more weeks like this where you have a little bit of everything from each sport and giving it to you live as soon as possible. Uh, like you're 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 hearing this. Just not too long uh, that I recorded this, and I know that's not going to happen too often. I hope it will happen a lot, but at the same time, you know, a lot of things have to go right. So again, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy your day. For for everybody listening, for everybody that uh, whether whatever you know, it's it's uh, you're young, old, or this or that. Uh, whether you're dealing with this or whether you're dealing with that again I'm very blessed that you're, that you're on this podcast Hope, uh, hopefully you continue listening we got some great episodes next one is dealing with trade advice with the fantasy football trade deadline coming up And but until then so long and uh, hopefully you enjoy that episode and enjoy what we do here because it's going to be great alright until then see ya